Welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Revolutionary Star Season 2 for the year 2021. If you made it into 2021 from the year 2020, Makorokoto, Makorokoto, Anslope, Anslope, you made it. Keep it up. Keep that social distancing. Make sure you mask up. And to any people who lost their loved ones, as well as us as a nation, the people that we lost this year, may their souls rest in eternal peace wherever they are lying right now. May we please just remember them whenever we are doing our day-to-day activities. My name is Super Cabral and I am broadcasting live and direct from Harare, Zimbabwe to the comfort of wherever you are right now in our global world. Today is Sunday, the 24th of January, 2021, and I feel great. I feel great. I feel blessed. And before we could talk about anything else about this year, last year, and anything other than Corona, which has been killing people right now in Zimbabwe, we had to talk about what this show is about. So our first episode is going to be on freedom of speech and how it affects us as a citizen in Zimbabwe and how it uh, corresponds or correlates to the global world at large. Why am I saying this? My gents, ladies, is it a crime to publish false information that may undermine public confidence in a state agency? mainly prisons, police, and so forth. Before I continue into our topic, that's the question. We would just like to give a shout-out and credit uh, for most of the information that we got and we gleaned for this podcast, Veritas Zimbabwe. We suggest you guys sign up with Veritas. You get first-hand information on PDF format that you can download for free on what's going on in Parliament, uh, press statements from different other ministries, uh, policy papers, subcommittee meeting papers, plenary issues, senatorial issues, the whole nine yards. So shout out to Veritas Zimbabwe, one of those free websites that just keeps on that information coming out. Now, as I said before, is it a crime to publish false information that may end up undermining a public uh, state agency is that right when the confidence may wane from the public citizenry in a state agency after you publish a false statement where is this coming from well ever since the lockdown last year when the revolutionary stars came up uh, the entire global world is changing ladies and gentlemen ever since lockdown digital is going is the thing people are not traveling as lot as they used to so they're relying more and more on uh, the wired web as well as the digital uh, interlinks that come with it thus social media is a big thing this phenomenon has not has affected zimbabwe as well in a big way unfortunately zanpf slash the government has been behind the curve really really behind the curve curve whatever you want to call it they've been behind the people who are really racking off of this right now, the people who have been building up their social media presence online for a while, they are really like, really getting in now those uh, bonus points of having a huge following. So, ever since the year 2020, influencers are now a big thing in Zimbabwe. Uh, we are talking about if you are a politician, if you are a socialite, if you are a lawyer, if you are a pastor, and you were on Twitter or Facebook, you now are de facto ZBC in Zimbabwe. So what ended up happening, if we give you a background story, is that people, uh, you know, the internet is, is, is a, it's got a lot of hard work. 
So a lot of lies and fake news is always peddled on the uh, on the media or the social media. But is it a crime if I am an influencer? Then I take information that is fake news and I rebroadcast it on my own personal uh, platform. Should I be held liable for it because I did not verify it or substantiate it for a fact? This is the crux of the matter. So earlier this year, as well as throughout last year, reports circulating on social media in regards to false reports and fake news were consistent. The police, the government, they were always behind when it came to these type of issues. And right now, as I am saying this podcast, they are still behind. I'm going to give you an example of what's currently going on right now. We have three people. We have Hopo Chinono is a journalist, but actually he's more like a political activist, a pundit. Uh, but he is from the journalist profession, but let's just call it as it is. He is a pundit right now. And then we have Job Sikala, who is a lawyer for the MDC Alliance. We have Fadzama, who is a lawyer for and a politician, just like Job Sikala for the MDC Alliance. These three peddled a false story about a baby that had been killed by a police officer. They got that information from the web, and they just rebroadcast it and put their spin against the government online. Government didn't waste any time. They arrested these three individuals, threw them in jail, and then right now they'll be trying to get their bailout. As I am saying, this podcast, my area was just let out of jail yesterday. I mean, it was let out of jail earlier on this week, and we now wait to hear whether or not Job Sikala in fact, and Hope uh, Chingono will get out of jail. So, here's where it gets interesting. This is how behind our government is legislating when it comes to the social media. These people were charged with contravening, contravening, sorry, contravening Section 31A, Part 3 of the Criminal Law Code, right? Note, this is old constitution. Old constitution, not our current constitution from 2013. So what does this Section 31A, Part 3 of the Criminal Law Code say? Well, it says... Any person who, whether inside or outside Zimbabwe, publishes or communicates to any other person whose statement, which is wholly or materially false with the intention or realizing that there is a real risk or possibility of undermining public confidence in a law enforcement agency, i.e. the presence or the correctional services or the defense forces of Zimbabwe, shall, whether or not the publication or communication results in a consequence uh, referred to above, will be guilty of publishing or communicating a false statement prejudicial to the state and liable to a fine of up to or exceeding a level 14, which currently right now a level 14 is about 120,000 Zim dollars. That's where we are when we seek that. So if you can't raise $120,000, the judge could throw $120,000 as well as 20 years in jail. Now, what did I say at the beginning, ladies and gentlemen? This law that they were charged with, right, is from our old constitution. That's the first thing. It's not from our new constitution. So, uh, we have to start with that. So, it's right now considered invalid. A lot of lawyers right now are claiming that they've got an invalidity of the charge because there's no legal justification for charging anyone with contravening a section uh, because that's not even in our current constitution and it gets deeper because in 2014 the constitutional court the highest court in the land declared that the section that was just used which i just mentioned section 31 
was declared unconstitutional and void by the Chief Justice Malaba. So that same law that these people used against uh, these three uh, social influences was actually found out to be void and invalid within that own constitution and that it was infringing upon the freedom of speech for the, the Bill of Rights or whatever it is that they were using. So what's the history? Let's get down into the history. Again, shout out to Veritas for this. In 2009, before the present constitution came into force, right? Two members of staff of the independent newspaper were also charged with uh, this section. So this was in 2009. The independent two journalists got uh, charged with it. They were found uh, guilty uh, because they were alleging that state agents had been guilty of illegal abductions. These two journalists, they applied to the Supreme Court for an order declaring that the section infringed the right to freedom of expression guaranteed by the former constitution and was therefore void. That's 2009. Fast forward October 2013, our constitution, which we currently use, was now uh, into force. But at the same time, the Supreme Court still ruled on that 2009 ruling and said that Section 31A, Part 3, did indeed contravene the former constitution. This happened in 2013. Under Section 24 of the former constitution, the Supreme Court was obliged to call on the Minister of Justice to show cause why it should not issue a final order declaring Section 31A Part 3 to be unconstitutional. This order that the court gave to the minister uh, was, yo, explain, we think this uh, Section 31 is not valid. Give us a reason. Tell us why should we let this fly. That's what the minister was given. But this provision that the minister was given was an opportunity to inform the court of any policy considerations which had not already been considered by the court, which might have been able to justify why the court should alter its decision in striking off this law. The court uh, accordingly invited the minister to submit policy reasons to the constitutional court as to why the final order should not be made. So, keep up with me here, comrade. Malaba gets the court case goes through it, realizes this is a valid and void, it is infringing upon the freedom of expression. He hits up the Minister of Justice and he's like, yo, my dude, could you please let me know what's up with this law? I'm going to give you some time so you can give me a good reason why I shouldn't strike this off right now. Or tell me any policy-wise that we can make this work so that it doesn't infringe upon the expression. Or tell me what type of uh, narrow reading we need so as it can still be valid. What did the minister do? Well, the minister filed a document criticizing Malaba. Check that out. Criticizing Malaba, i.e. the Supreme Court judges. Uh, basically, he just criticized their judgment and he didn't put forward any policy considerations that could have been used to persuade the court to take a different view in, in, in regards to Section 31. So, that's pretty much what the minister did. He just said, fuck you. You're wrong. That's it. So, what did the court do? Well, accordingly, on the 22nd of July 2014, the Constitutional Court then went ahead and then confirmed the order declaring that Section 31, Part A, Section 3, was in contravention of Section 20, Part 1 of the former Constitution and therefore void. So that's the train of events, right? Government fucked up. Well, they were given an opportunity by the Supreme Court to fix it. They didn't. And then the Supreme Court then went ahead and said, well, I then it's void. All of this that I'm talking about, comments, is based on the former constitution. Note what I'm saying, the former constitution. 
So what was the wording? The wording of the Constitutional Court's order was important because it said that because Section 31, Part A, Section 3 contravened the former Constitution, it was void, i.e. it did not exist as a law and it was as, as for a result a null and void law. Therefore, it didn't exist. It wasn't a situation where you could, you could easily amend it or get it changed or something like that. You couldn't do that. It was now considered null and void. So, taking that into consideration, it must be understood that the section did not become a nullity when the Constitutional Court declared it void. It always was a nullity. As it contravened the former Constitution, the Court's declaration was simply a statement of pre-existing legal fact. This is because Section 3 of the former Constitution stated that this Constitution is the supreme law of Zimbabwe, and if any other law is inconsistent with this Constitution, the other law shall be, to the extent of the inconsistency, be void. So that's basically what it is. Section 2, Part 1 of the present Constitution is very much the same way too. So, therefore, nothing happened. Section 31 that was used currently by the current courts right now, it, it doesn't exist. When they say it's a nullity, it basically, it never existed. You can't use it, you can't amend it, you can't do nothing. The court is saying this thing cannot exist. You guys typed in wording that contradicts a lot of other things within the constitution, so you can't use it. This was also made by the South African Constitutional Court where they also had a certain type of situation and it all passed. So, why then would ZRP charge Mahere, Sikala, and uh, Chingono with Section 31A Part 3 of a law that doesn't exist, which is not valid and according to the uh, Constitutional Court, i.e. Malaba's Court, i.e. President E. Dimanangago's Court, it's not a valid law. Well, here's what the prosecutor said. Check this out. First reason. The Constitutional Court declared the section to be inconsistent with the former Constitution, not the present one. This argument has no substance, but is the one that they used. That was the first reason. The second reason was the section was amendment. Oh no, the section was amended by the General Laws Amendment Act number three of 2016. That's the second reason that they used. So basically, those are the two reasons that the prosecutors were using. One, that law is in regards to the previous constitution, not this current constitution, and we also amended it. But again, as I said before, comrades, this is invalid because the Supreme Court said this law does not exist. You can't use a law that cannot exist so as to arrest a person. So both of those situations don't work. So this is where we are right now, and we are interested in finding out what you think, because this affects us immensely when it comes to Zimbabwe. If this law does not get uh, passed off, I mean, as in uh, thrown out of this court case, it sets a bad precedent. And basically, it allows the government to use both constitutions really nearly. Because this, they're using a former constitution and they're getting away with it. Uh, we cannot allow this. It, this affects not only if you are ZANU-PF or MDC, it affects anything. It is the rule of law in all ethics. But I think this court case, to be honest, will be thrown out. Uh, it's invalid, and the people who said it is invalid are the current people who are running the court system as we speak. Moreover, both judgments were delivered by the present Chief Justice with the unanimous concurrence of all the other judges who heard the two cases. Many of those judges are still on the bench and they are unlikely to change their minds. So the provisions of the present constitution protect the freedom of expression. 
as we come into the year 2021 and we are in a social media age we need to guard our freedom of expression common that is the only other thing we have left most of the other laws are being whittled down as we speak within zimbabwe it could be a good or a bad thing it depends on your political ideology and your social political thought. However, freedom of expression is the last bastion that we have. Here at the Revolutionary Star, we are pro-government, we are pro-nationalist uh, movements, and we are pro-everything when it comes to uh, maintaining our heritage and maintaining our fight for our land. However, freedom of expression is a thing we do not debate we do not debate on this one comrade because even when the Mugabe's and all these other veterans fought the only thing they had before they had guns before they could go into the bush and fight were their voices their voices were the ones that got them locked up their voices were the ones that got their political parties disbanded so we cannot negotiate with anybody whether it is a friend or a foe when it comes to the freedom of expression yes if it's if it's prejudicial to a person and it hurts a person's career that's a different case you can sue them in civil court however if it's a non-invalid case, it's not a valid case we are very interested in finding out what you think about this as fellow corporate because neither of the two arguments that the prosecutors are using are valid so why are these uh, social influencers being remanded in prison? This is setting a bad precedent. Today it's them, Mangwana it will be you. Trust me, it works like this in this world. It's better to stand up for things that you know are correct and then let the system fix it. Because not everybody will rule. In uh, Shona culture, they say, Chisinga Shura. It applies to this. There are some things whereby it could be a Zanu thing or an MDC thing. Then there are some things where you do not negotiate. The three accused persons are charged with contravening Section 31, Part A, Section 31A, Part 3, a statutory provision that does not exist and never has existed. They cannot be remanded on that charge. That's pure and simple. Let's wait and see if the prosecutors come up with any more issues and topics. But for now, that's, what it, that's where it stands. Tomorrow, it's them. It is what it is, comrades. So we would love to hear what you say, how you perceive this situation. But uh, in politics, if you are going to Tukamunu, it's uh, open game. That's why they say politics is a dirty game. But when you use the law from a constitution that is no longer in circulation so as to infringe upon the rights of freedom of expression of an individual that is a slippery slope that will affect not only an MGC person but in the future a ZANU PF person as well this law does not discriminate the law does not discriminate if you set a precedence now you set a precedence for the future if you allow this ruling to stand it now means that the ZRP police can pick and choose which constitution that they use according to which law is in operation there are a lot of operative laws that are still held off from the constitution that we had previously that the government is not yet realigned with our current constitution comrade Biti uh, we've been talking about this he is wrong on a lot of things, but this one he was correct. The constitution is not yet been uh, realigned with the old constitution. A police officer, a security service person can use old laws against you. So why am I saying this? I'm saying read the law, go to Veritas Zimbabwe, download the rulings, see where you stand. And 
if possible, with the current situation we have right now with laws, know a lawyer. Know how much it is for bail. Know the processes of how it is. In our future podcast, we are going to specifically talk to you or interview a lawyer who will tell you the processes of how to survive being in jail, how to go through a bail process and a remand situation in jail, how to bribe so that you don't get caught up because we are in a situation where bribe works these days in Zimbabwe, unfortunately, where if you bribe the right, not a judge, you can't bribe a judge, you might just say directly. It goes through various layers, but we will be discussing this as revolutionary so that you know. Yeah, there is no revolution that is straight and clean. Our own leaders currently had to fight in mud, you know, not bathing for months and years going on forward. But they had their gun and their voice. And we may not be in guns anymore, but our voice is still valid. So this has been Super our Comrade Super Cabral. Coming live and direct, please stay safe, please stay safe, please stay safe. Let us build Zimbabwe together. Uh, Viva to all the nationalist movements and uh, to all those fallen soldiers. Uh, Even though we may disagree with you, you are elders and we salute you. And rest in peace. This is Kumar Supakabra. Roger out.